I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What a difference a week makes, eh? It's like just it was only just seven days ago that we were suddenly were sweeping aside Rotherham United. Tony Mowbray was the toast of the town, and Alex Neal tenure had been long forgotten. And uh, flash forward to today, and we've lost a derby in inverted commas, and two of our best players are out injured indefinitely. So yes, welcome to the Wise Men Say Preview Show. Uh, it's me, Tom, hosting today because Matthew. He's, um, he's going to Cyprus as we speak, probably to find some, I don't know, like mint flavored olives or feta cheese like that. I don't know. Um, but I'm joined by, back by absolutely no demand whatsoever. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite football nerd, Chris Weatherspoon. Hello, Hi, Chris. Tom. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good, mate. How are you? Uh, can I just point out before we get started yes. that it is pure coincidence <laughs> that I'm that I'm making my return on the day everything falls apart. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't think we really wanted to bring you back on during like you know the glorious promotion because you're here just to like you know moan about everything. So uh, it's quite good timing. I mean, but to contrast your negativity. We've got the world's most positive man, uh, Jimmy Ray, with us. A ray of sunshine, if you will. Yeah, um, well, I, you know, I, I, that's what I hope to be. Um, I was starting to do what you were going to say. I'm not as, uh, not as positive as, as maybe I would normally be. Um, oh, no. Just as, uh, well, that's the reason I came on. You know, just because of things that have happened. Um, I will probably be more positive than Chris, but that's not hard, <laughs> to be fair. So um, I think what we probably do. Is uh, is yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, but I went to I went to Middlesbrough on Monday, quite enjoyed aspects of it, but not all of it. And uh, you, re- you yeah, enjoyed going to Middlesbrough, up. yeah. One of, it was the, the, for, the for the first time ever, yeah. <laughs> the main aspect you enjoyed leaving Middlesbrough, <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, it's funny as well because I went to I went to both of the, the games in the championship relegation season last time where we lost one nil and two nil in the cup, and they were a lot worse than Monday was, but uh, Monday wasn't in, in some ways a whole lot better, but uh. Yeah, it was just a nice day out. Uh, well, afternoon out, and um, uh, I don't know. I, I guess that we'll move on to that in more detail. But I'd just like to say that um, I'm not going to be as positive. So, if anyone is looking forward to me being positive, then you may be disappointed. Oh well. On that note, well, uh, after your glowing <laughs> reference that you could work for the Middlesbrough Taurus Board, let's uh, let's. I guess there was a um, um, Matt did a reaction pod on on Monday night. Uh, but we will just talk about a bit more about the game, go in a bit more detail of it. Uh, 1-0 defeat to Middlesbrough in Tony Mowbray's first proper game in charge. And um, 
was quite disappointing, Chris, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the the injury to Ross Stewart, which we will talk about in more depth later, um, in the warm-up was not ideal prep. And I can sort of understand people using that as mitigation, but I think for me, the simil- similarly sized problem was, I just didn't think we looked organised at all, really. I thought um, I thought there were gaps all over. I mean, the goal kind of we we got three centre halves, and yet th- there's their lad still manages to find space between two of them. And you know, I mean, it's a it's a good touch. It's a good. I know it took a deflection off Luke and I, but it's a good finish. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think the most disappointing for me, most disappointing thing for me, really was I didn't think they were very good. I thought I thought Jones at right back was excellent, um, and I thought yeah that they they broke on us like fairly well, but I thought I thought a lot of our problems were quite avoidable. And I I mean, yeah. Pritchard seven minutes in the game, Pritchard has the best chance of the game, and yeah. look, they de- they deserve to win. I'm not going to deny that, but I think the fact we were as poor as we were, and it was still I don't know yeah I think put it this way I think. If we'd played like that at Sheffield United, we would have got hammered. It would have been mm. two or three. Yeah. But if we'd played like we did against Sheffield United on Monday night, we, we would have won. And I and I think that's a disappointing thing. Like I don't I don't think we had to be like especially good to get something down there on Monday because look, I, I, I rate their manager, but it hasn't okay, we're only seven, eight games in the season, but it hasn't been going great down there. Um and I, I Generally, I thought going into the game, I thought this is actually an away game you could really be looking to win. And I, I think that was a disappointing thing. I think, yes, the Stewart thing disrupted us. Of course it did. Like, he's such a key player to how we play. I thought, I don't know, the manager, I thought his substitutions really stopped us in our tracks. I, I can kind of understand them if the players were tiring, but Pritchard and Roberts were finally coming into the game. Roberts... Roberts especially barely had a kick before then. Then he takes him off. It was, I don't know, kind of, it sapped all the energy out of us. And then to, to be honest, a slightly concerning thing as well. And I won't pretend that I've watched everything Tony Mowbray has said, but so I don't know if this is just his demeanor, but he seemed very down after the after the game, like excessively so. It was like his nana had died or something. I was like, mm. I didn't, it wasn't that bad, Tony. And it was, I, I don't know, maybe... That was maybe, that was maybe his, his good record at Middlesbrough going down the drain because I think he had a good one, didn't he? As, yeah. a, as a way manager before. Or maybe he was like overcompensating. Yeah, I don't make... think he'd lost there as a manager, had he? No, maybe that was why we so Well, I hope that's why. I hope we're not going to have a, <laughs> a, a another manager who, who, uh, who, who, who yeah, does that. After every time we don't win a game, because that's not going to, that's not going to be great. Yeah, you do say. Uh, I did feel that while Middlesbrough didn't look that good, I felt it was they very much had us at arm's length. I felt they didn't really need to do that much to beat us because they thought if they keep, like Jack Clark had a torrid time against uh, Isaiah Isaiah Jones. Isaiah Jones, yeah. And I felt they kept pinning us down that left side because they just knew. Yeah. Isaiah Jones has got the beating of Clark and he has all night. And the very few occasions where Clark uh, did beat him, just the final ball was absolutely atrocious into the uh, into the box. And I don't like, all right, well, let's just get onto this now because it's the elephant in the room and we might as well talk about it. Stuart going, uh, going off injured in the warm-up, it kind of ruined our, like, our, all our plans, seemingly. Yeah. And now, like, the club are saying... 
Well, the club have said he's going to be out for a minimum of six weeks. Tony Mowbray said in the quotes in that that it's going to be six to eight weeks. Could be a little longer. And as we saw on Monday, like if we don't have Stuart, we're kind of struggling to have a plan. And Jim, I give me some positivity about this going forward. Uh, I'll try. Um, I know, what, tough question. Guess, tough question. Yeah, yeah. One thing, one thing, one thing I did think is that, like, uh, Chris has already alluded to it a bit. I think it's like, and, and you did as well. It's, there's a big difference between having a, a player out injured for a game when you know they're not going to be there versus when it's yeah. as last minute as that. And um, granted, that's not to excuse excuse the lack of, of a replacement, which which we don't have and which we will come on to. But I do think, like, psychologically for the other members of the, of, of the team, I think you know it's. It's kind of hard to start a game well, I think, in those circumstances, because everything you kind of know everything you've worked on is not really going to be able to be be possible, like defensively from, from corners as well. Obviously, Stuart is a big part of that, but mainly going forwards. Um, having said that as well, I do think you're right, they did keep us at arm's length, except for the chance that, that Chris mentioned. I think if if Pritchard, Pritchard I, I watched that again about five minutes before we started recording, I watched the highlights and I, I've not seen it since I saw it in the ground and it looks even easier on, on yeah. telly than it, than it did there. He could have even taken another touch to finish that, to be honest. He didn't even need to hit it first time. And I think if if that gets scored as it should have done, it it, it will change the, the complexity of the game. Because let's not forget, going into it, Borough uh, were, had a terrible home record. I think the pressure would have grown on their players. It would have been different. I think the fact that it didn't go in, obviously, allowed them to grow into it. I agree, Isaiah Jones was great. I thought Riley McGree was really good for them, the guy who scored the goal as well. I think they were probably, he was them two were probably their best two players. Um, in terms of positives for us, there's not really a lot other than, I guess, that we played really badly and still only lost 1-0 and could have possibly mm. not lost. So if, if, if that's as bad as it's going to be, and it was bad, it, 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 I don't know, is that quite a high bar for being bad, if you get what I mean? Like, you know, we didn't get hammered. We didn't. We weren't awful. We just didn't really do very much that was good. Um, the lack of organisation, as Chris mentioned, is an issue. I, I noticed in the build-up to their goal, it wasn't just sort of low nine and Gooch on the right. Even before then, the the ease with which they sort of cut through the midfield from Corey Evans' uh, misplacing. Was it misplacing the pass or was it some kind of intercept or something? And from yeah. there, it just it, it was very easy for them to to overload and get that position, and then. Luke O'Nine, um, obviously Gooch left, left, left it past him and then O'Nine just does nothing really uh, to stop the ball going past him straight to McGree's feet, which then obviously led to what it led to. And yeah, it's 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 worrying because I don't think that's the type of thing we've seen from us recently because Alex Neal's organisation of, of the team was very strong. And I think a well-organised team doesn't concede that goal. Uh, and that's not. I'm not going to say that that's it. We're never going to be organised now, but uh, it is a worrying sign, I guess, because we've not seen a lot of that recently. Yeah, and I mean, again, let's uh, focus on what happens now with uh, without Stuart in the team. Obviously, we were like, take we were like, it was a bit of a shock to the system. He's not being there, and you know, everyone's got to scramble to find a. Um, find like a formula that's going to work, but now going forward, Millwall on Saturday, and we may not see Stuart now for like potentially till the end of the year. So Ellie Sims has to play a role on Monday that he's probably not been used to in his career. And I'm just wondering, Chris, it's like looking ahead, it's like how do we how do we go about trying to replace Stuart in the 
well, we can't buy anyone. The yeah. Christian Speakman last week ruled out trying to buy anyone in the free um, free agents market, which, um, like everything he's done, is very clever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, think... too clever. So, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I mean it's compounded. Of, thankfully, it sounds like Shirkin might only be out for a couple of weeks, but it's compounded yeah, by that actually, really, yeah. because yeah. Because I think the problem is, like, if you change the shape, uh, naturally you're probably gonna, well, you're probably gonna go four at the back. But we don't have a left back, and arguably, probably our our best centre back this season, Danny Bart. Um, it, well, I, I would actually argue Sergan has been, but I think Danny Bart's been really good as well. Does is he going to be okay at a two? I mean, I mean, well, I, I said at the end of last season that if if Bailey Wright played any significant number of games for us. We were probably going to struggle, and that was before I entertained the notion of Luke Nine playing at centre half. Now, don't get me wrong; I actually think, I actually think Luke Nine's better suited to playing there. But I, mm. I do worry that if he has to play there most of the season, that isn't really going to start us in the best stead. Obviously, we've got Ballard to come back in, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I actually thought, and I'm not sure this is a popular opinion, but I actually thought Sims did okay on Monday. I don't I think did. it was great. I did. Yeah, I thought. One I thought second say, half. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. I just, I'm just, I just wanted to say quickly that um, Borough actually played three five, well, three at the back with one one striker. Um, maybe we could do that. <laughs> we could, we could, but I, I'm just not... seemed, you know, it wasn't it wasn't amazing for them, but but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It sort of did no, but but at the same time, it wasn't it was it was awful. Obviously, McGree was sitting was behind uh, their number nine Muniz, wasn't he? So I don't know. Yeah, I just I just feel like it's kind of square pegs and round holes, and you can get away with that for the most part in League One, because you're mostly playing pretty terrible teams. But I think, like I say, we weren't, we, we got beat the other night against a team that I don't think are great, but but we still got beat. So, and I think we would have got hammered if we played a half-decent team. So it's, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's like, like let's, Best case scenario, according to the club, if Stuart misses six weeks, that's that's eight games. It's a lot of games. Um, yeah, it's a lot of games. Yeah, it's a lot of games. If he misses, week, it, basically. If he misses the nine and a half weeks, that takes us to the World Cup, and that's thirteen games. So, I mean, realistic, <laughs> wow. realistically, he might miss nearly a third of the season, over a quarter of the season, um, and and that's a massive blow. I mean, he played he played just under every minute last season, and he'd played a hundred percent of minutes until the other night. So, we're going to have to find a way. I think. I don't think. I don't think Sims um, is a is a terrible option, but I, I agree with you, Tom, and that he was probably asked to play away on Monday night that he's not really used to. And I think, it, I think bef- probably before we go into like talking about the the transfer window and that, that they are going to have to, there there is going to have to be a way to to mitigate. I mean, truthfully, I thought playing Roberts there um, was probably the right probably the right idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but my issue with Robert is the same as it was last season, and uh, I think he only shows up once, once every four or five games, really. And will that change if he gets a run in the team? I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think the the problem is we're, we're obviously we're all focusing on Stewart because he is such a big player for us, and undoubtedly he's going to be the biggest miss. But I, I don't think that's the only problem we've got. I think, I think like we've got a nation of central midfielders who really I'm not. I don't know how much. Certainly, the, the last manager didn't trust a few of them, and I'm not. 
I don't know how much the new manager is going to. Now, people will probably listen to that and think, yeah, well, we've got two young lads ready to come in, but they're 18 and 19 years old. And, and, and Mowbray's also insinuating that they're not ready to come in. Yeah. It's like he was well, saying, exactly. yeah, he was saying during the And I think, yeah, I, I, sorry, I, I just think, um, I think I think that's the issue. It's like I say, we'll get onto the window, but we needed players to be ready now. And if the manager himself, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware he'd actually come out and said that. So mm. that's, that's slightly worrying. But if the manager himself is seeing that the new signs aren't ready yet, then I mean, let, let, let's be honest, like people can see it's bad luck that Stuart got injured, but he's expected to play every minute. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's beyond the realm of possibility. But that's crazy though, isn't it? it? Be... Like he played basically every minute last season. Yeah. He's not going to never get in. Like this is this. And I know, I know this is kind of but exactly. the lack of forethinking behind. Well, like they've looked at the, like to look at Stuart and think how much he played last season, how much he's played this season and just expect that to carry on forever. Yeah. He's crazy. Well, what I was gonna... like, like nobody gets injured. Like nobody doesn't get injured. Sorry. And yeah, what I was going to say was um, on the flip side of it, it wouldn't, it couldn't be constituted as bad luck if somebody like Corey Evans got injured because he has a long history of yeah. getting injured. But he's really key to how we play. And look, I don't, I don't know. Like if these kids come in, maybe, maybe one of them can replace him. But at the minute, to me, if he was to get injured or be out for any length of time, we really would be in trouble because I think, I think we saw on Monday if he, if he's not on it. As a team, we don't function all that well. Like, I think I'm a massive Dan Neal fan, but I, I don't think Dan Neal's really adjusted to the championship as well as maybe we all hoped. That's not to say he's not good enough for this level. It might just take a bit of time. And I, I just I feel like I feel like when the first 11's on it, and when the first eleven are fit, I think we've got a I think we've got a team that could, I've probably already shown that we we can have a good go at anyone. But I think beyond that. We already knew, and if we didn't, we definitely know now. There's really not a lot of depth, and we've took quite a big gamble that will that will either stay free from injury or that quite a few young kids are going to be able to make the step up. That's not to say that they won't. You know, they might they might surprise us, but I think we saw last season what can happen mm. when momentum starts to get away from you. And I think, I think truthfully, I, I think Mowbray he's going to have. Certainly, over the next couple of months now, with with this injury news, he's going to have quite a big job on his hands to kind of. I, it's not look. We've only lost one game um, under under him. We won the one previously and played really well. But I think it's one of those where you still feel like this season could go either way. And I, I think we need yeah. a win on Saturday, but that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. Yeah, thinking about. Um... <laughs> If we're having uh, Sims up front, we need someone else to like kind of complement that. And obviously, we played with Stuart as a lone striker last season. And Jim, like the talk today is we can play players like we've got players like Ahmad, Juice, uh, Juice, and And also, there's been a <laughs> the kind of the typical clamor of uh, anyone in the youth team banging in a few goals yeah. that like um, he's going to be the answer. A few people have said Max Thompson, who we brought in from Burnley, he scored quite a lot of goals in the under-21s. Uh, do you see any of those players being able to make this step up? I think probably Ahmad is, is going to be the one who, if any of, them, any of those three you mentioned specifically is going to purely, he's got more of a pedigree, I guess you'd say, than, than the others. Um, 
for me, I when he came on on Monday, I didn't think he was bad. I think he could have been better. He didn't mm. impact the game in any particular way. And that's the kind of thing when you've read um, sort of um, Man United fans and, and Rangers, obviously where he was on loan last season, kind of mentioned that that was something they noticed in his game as well. He, he will often drift through games and not really do a great deal. He seems to have a nice touch. Seemed pretty pretty quick, he, but at the same time, he he wasn't really causing any problems. He didn't really take any responsibility on the ball. He wasn't asking for for the ball very much when he did. He was, I I thought I'd see a bit more dynamism from him, a bit more like trying to take people on. Glad it's his debut. It's a lot of pressure, in not in an ideal situation. But at the same time, it's like well, that's what we've got to work with. There's also obviously Roberts could could possibly um, be the foil. I mean, just, just to get back to the move for, for for our chance in the first half, that was some good play from Roberts in the kind of areas that you need somebody to play alongside Sims, where, where he gave it to Sims after after pressing their defenders, then Sims laid it off for Pritchard. I think that's the type of thing we're going to need to do, because um, it's not going to be, we're not going to be able to play any, like, sort of, obviously, the, the, the two up top as we have done. And I think maybe Roberts has more experience even than any of the other three you mentioned. I, I don't, Bennett, I don't know, he's played up front for Costa Rica, but he also, I mean, I don't know what the standard of the Costa Rican Premier League is, but I very much doubt it's... <laughs> Do you not? It's, it's <laughs> Why do you not know? I very much doubt it's going to be like sort of comparable to like the to the championship. I would expect him to play some twenty threes games before he plays anything for the first team, as I'd expect all of the young signings to do. That's nothing against them; it's not their fault. But the fault there is a fault there in that that's all we have really to play with because we because we also don't want to be in a situation where we're basically forcing these young players to play way more than they. Well, they they probably want to the uh, issue- in the circumstances, and also that they're able to because because it's a lot of pressure to put on. We saw that last season with the burnouts in Neil and Doyle and Sirkin, and it can easily happen again if we because because at the end of the day, there's a big difference between sort of being a good player and being an, being like a seasoned pro. There's yeah. like, you don't have to be old to be a seasoned pro. There's plenty of seasoned pros in their early twenties. But none of these players who we've signed have had seasons before. Yeah. Like, you know, there are 21, 20, 21 year olds who've had two or three seasons of men's football under their belts. None of the players we've signed have had that. So they are going to have to be eased in because they haven't yeah. got. Ellis Sims has had, had, had more. He's obviously played the Blackpool. He was at Hearts, Hearts last season. And consequently, he, he's thought of more as a first team player, even though he's obviously young himself. He is, he is now going to have to show the responsibility, probably in a way, like like Chris mentioned, he's never had to do that before, both in the role that he's played and also at this level, because let's be honest, it was Blackpool in League One and it was the Scottish Prem, neither think, of which are, are close in terms of, of, of ability. To, I, think, to oh, I think we've danced around this long enough. Like, Let's talk about <laughs> this, this transfer model, the, this, the much vaunted uh, transfer model that they put a lot of... like being driven by the board and Christian Speakman and uh, scouting network. Um, have we actually left ourselves short here? And as you say, Jim, we don't want to burn out these players, but we're so light in pretty much every position but centre midfield, then we're going to have to eventually. Yeah. So like, yeah. and all right, Chris, you've not been on them for a while, so go on, let rip. Yes. What do you think? <laughs> no, no, it's not let rip. No, I was going to say, I want to, I want to caveat it with. You might say it's um, good. You might think it's good. Well, I was going to say, I think, I actually, I think the overriding goal and the overriding kind of aim and thought process behind it, I'm fully on board with. Like, I, 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 
it's obviously it's not a binary choice between signing kids and signing 39 year old that's it that's the key yeah yeah. but but if if it were i would much prefer we'd do what we're doing i i just think i don't know it seems a bit dogmatic it seems a little bit kind of all or nothing like i mean um I mean, I, I, I think it was obvious anyway, but Nick Barnes said when he was on the pod last week or the week before that basically the policy is they won't spend or will spend very little on anyone over the age of 24, which I, I can understand why. Like the way, the way football is and the way football's set up, the best way to be a profitable, be a profitable club and move up is by, by young players like Unearth Gems for a good month, for decent, for, sorry, for a low price and then sell them for a higher one. I mean, Ross Stewart is likely to be the perfect example. Of that. I think we spent about £300,000 on him. We can expect to get many times over that now. If he signs a new contract. <laughs> if he signs a new contract. And, but the key is the timing of it as well, though, isn't it? Because I, I, yeah, I get that. that. But, but you and don't I, sell him. You don't sell him in the situation we're in where we have no... Well, yeah, and I, I think the problem it has just jim froze yeah i think the problem is really that um it does just feel like we've gone quite far one way um like in the in the winter obviously we, we signed danny bart and and i think really now you look at that and i think that's what we could have maybe like some sort of exception to the rule this summer that was what we could have done. I mean, you know me, Tom, I love my stats. Oh, and there we go. <laughs> this, this is a good job, Matthew Matt's sign. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to see the graph I've got in front of me. It's fantastic. <laughs> but no, so we are, so here we go, right? So this summer, the av- if we order the championship by the average age of signings, we're not, we're not actually the youngest. We're the third youngest. But the average age of our perma- of our signings this summer, first team players only, let's say, is twenty point six, so it's under twenty one. And wow. now you can you can look at that and think, oh, that's fantastic! Like we're building for the future, and and I do see the merit in that. But you can also look and think, hang on a minute, are we are we going too far that way? Are we are we going to put too much pressure on? On these kids to perform who, right who now. Who are the other teams? Who are the other teams younger than us? Would you like to try and guess, or should I just tell you? Just, just tell us. <laughs> okay, so the youngest at twenty point four four are Blackpool, and then just below us with twenty and a half are Coventry. Like Coventry, we've only signed four players, so you can get into like uh, what that means. We've we've also, we signed ten, so you know with an mm. average age of under twenty one. So it. It's very different to what we've been used to. I mean, I, I've had a look at like other clubs and that, and if we were to if we were to maintain this across the season, we would basically out of the last fifteen years of the championship, I think we'd have like the ninth youngest um, set of signings in a season, which across fifteen years, twenty four clubs is is pretty. Like it's right in the high percentile of buying young kids, and again, like I say, that I don't think in and of itself that's a bad thing. I just think that it it does feel a bit extreme. I mean, for another, uh-huh. another stat, come on, let, let me tell you another one. Go on, God, you've been waiting all week for this. <laughs> I have honestly. I, I was dashing <laughs> home to make sure I had these ready. No, so so far this season, uh, of our like available minutes, 
46% have been played by players who are under the age of 23. And now you've got to add into that the fact that Dan Ballard's been injured for most of the season and he probably would be an ever-present. So really, we are massively, massively dialed into this idea that it's going to be young kids playing. And again, look, when it works, it's great. But I, I just worry that, say, like last season, it took Alex O'Neill coming in and really grabbing things by the scruff of the neck, getting them organised, playing, let's be honest, playing pretty horrible football for mm. a couple of months in order to get it sorted out. And now maybe that's the logic behind Mowbray. Uh, Mowbray, <laughs> yeah. if you look at it, Mowbray had a young squad at Blackburn, not as, nowhere near as young as a point, There's a point I kind of want to make just while we're discussing the age thing, that there's different types of young. There's, for me, I'm less bothered about like the age of a player. It's more the experience they've got in terms of yeah. like how many games they've played. Because you can get lads, there's lads who were playing in the championship, probably for Black, yeah. Blackpool and or whoever the other team has got, got Coventry, who have probably played two or three seasons of league football, either League One, even League Two or Championship, mm. versus versus some of the players we've signed. So Dan Ballard would be an example of that. Like he's he, he's only what 21, 22, but he's played at Millwall yeah. Championship last season, Blackpool yeah. League One before. So you don't think of him as a young player. Similar to Ellis Sims, whereas we he's he's one we've signed who has experience, but we've signed players who haven't played really any senior yeah. football. And obviously, like you know, that Dennis Serkin was that last season, and credit to him, he doesn't look like this is only his second season in professional football. But I'd, I'd hazard a guess that he's possibly more of an outlier in terms of how how well he's adapted to it. That I think a lot of players probably take longer, and it's a and. The issue there is that you combine the young age with the young the, the experience level being so little. Like some of these players haven't even played 10, 20 games of men's football in their careers. And we're expecting them now to come in and play like against some of the best players outside of the Premier League. Yeah, and I don't a bit, understand yeah. how, that's, how you square that. There's a bit of a difference between like coming on with 10 minutes to go while PSG are 6-0 up to like do a few rondos <laughs> with Messi and Neymar than it is to try and get like a point away at Birmingham. It's, yeah, uh, and, uh, and let's be fair, that that isn't to say that he isn't going to be any good. We don't know. We haven't we just, seen yeah, him. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely we, we just not. Don't it's, know. It's, just, it's just we haven't got any alternative is more the issue. Yeah. It's, like, and I, it's like sign him, but sign somebody else as well, right? That would make well, more I think, sense. I think like a case in like we've, and people all, <laughs> we, can, we can get into like with the backing the manager argument and obviously people talk about kind of people talk about that in terms of financially and i think i think this 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 summer if you compare us to the rest of the league we are definitely up there in terms of what we spent but i think it's quite telling what we spent it on i mean really when we've spent money there's probably only two players you would say that we spent on to go straight into the first team and that's ballard and clark yeah and i think and i think the fact clark is already kind of being held up as a sort of talisman and kind of like a key player <laughs> is is understandable like i think he's excellent but but he's 21 year old and as we saw on monday yeah. night when he has a bad game he has a very bad game mm. and it's like i said a lot I of pressure I, for a young age isn't it? it's a lot yeah of it is people, people, I, I think people think he's older than he is because of the yeah, career because he's been around because, because yeah. he's been around and like like you said before Jim, i think like experience like it age itself doesn't on a, on its own you can't just look at that but I think yeah probably the more salient point around who we've signed is an awful lot of them really haven't played very much first team football that's it that's the key because that, that's where you learn pressure that's yeah. where you learn how to 
how to grind results no. out. How it's where you're playing in front of big crowds. If you look at something, you know, on Monday night, the, the atmosphere of Borough, it was, you know, it was it was loud, it was hostile, and you know, you're not gonna, you, you can't learn that in any other way other than by playing in it. And, yeah. and it just seems a risk. If we say we were to have thrown in three of our new signings who got praised on the pitch on the, the Rotherham game, none of them have played in front of an atmosphere like that. The only one who has would be Diallo when he was at Rangers. None yeah. of the others will have, will have experienced anything like yeah. that, especially not as a starter. And I agree. that worries me. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I think another thing that does slightly worry me is that I feel like, look, this is obviously the route the club has gone down. But it also feels like they're kind of at pains to to kind of justify it at every turn, which to me, I kind of sometimes wonder how much do they believe in it? Or, look, I, I don't think it's speaking out of turn to say that it's also financially driven. I mean, by the off the pitch stuff, you can see that there is a there is there are finite resources and they that like I said, we've spent money on players. We have probably more than I expected, actually, but there's clearly a financial motive behind it all. It's not just based on getting the, the team, the best possible team for right now. And the fact that the club seem appears to constantly kind of talk it's up. Like a bit defend, it's a bit defensive, and, isn't it? It's, it's almost like they're almost yeah, I mean, like, like defending it too much in a way. If you know, like they're, yeah, they're, they're I mean, always yeah, like speaking exactly. the other day, stuff like that. Uh, well, I mean, that's yeah, peak <laughs> Sunland, really. <laughs> yeah, it is peak Sunland, and I think we could talk about this all night, but let's not. Uh, we welcome, obviously, on Saturday, we welcome Tommy Hatcher's Millwall <laughs> to the Stadium of Light. Um, and we're just going to go for a break, and uh, after the break, we'll hear from Alex Grace, who is a Millwall supporter from the South London Press, also a member of the That Millwall pod. Um, and he's going to talk about Millwall for a bit. So after he's talked about Millwall, we'll talk about Millwall for a bit. So yeah, back after this. Hello there, I'm Alex Grace. I cover Millwall for the South London Press and um, an appearer on that Millwall podcast. My expectations for Millwall this season are that we continue challenging for a place in the Championship's top six, just like the last two seasons. Uh, The squad improvements this summer have led us to believe that we could be closer to those positions than we've ever been before. Um, If you look at the likes of the players we've we've had come in, good players, Um, albeit we lost Jed Wallace, but look at the replacements that have come in, um, and I think it could be a really good season for Millwall this year once they get clicking. You know, they haven't clicked yet, um, but I'm confident that this is the year that that could happen. However, it's the Championship. Yeah, it's one of the most unpredictable leagues in the world. Um, it's one of the best leagues in the world. Such a tough league to predict. Um, but from a Millwall perspective, that's where we are. Um, from the from the players to the management, they're expecting the club to challenge uh, for a place in the top six this year. When I think of Sunderland as a club, well, I think some of those great derbies against Newcastle. Uh, I've watched some really, really good games between the two. Uh, the one that stands out, but quite, quite, quite thingy in my memory, 
is Paolo Di Canio's first game in charge. Uh, I think I'm right in saying they won 3-0 at St. James's Park. Um, the famous knee slides from Di Canio. Um, you see in his press conference after the game, the green stains on his trousers where he's, he's, he's just thrown nothing to it. He's just gone out there and and giving his passion for the club, which I thought was really good to see. Um, I go back to some of the great escapes uh, from the bottom three in the Premier League. You know, look down and out at some times, and you but you pulled it back. Um, I go back to the Sam Allardyce season when he kept you up uh, just before he took the England job. I thought that was an incredible turnaround. Really, really signalled what I thought was a typical Sunderland fight back. You know, look down and out, and then lo and behold, they come out of nowhere and. And save themselves in a really, really good um, comeback. But it's a huge club. You know, it's a massively huge club. Um, and I'm quite glad they got themselves back into the championship. I think it's a big moment for them um, after, I think, is it, is it four seasons down in League One? You know, it's a long time to be in there. You know, for a club of Sunderland's size, it's great to have them back in the championship. Um, and when you think of Sunderland's. You know, you're thinking of a Premier League club. You're thinking of a club that should be up in the Premier League, and and if it's not in the Premier League, then at least challenging for promotion to the Premier League. So, no, I think that's very important to have him back, and it's a club that deserves to be playing at this level. Absolutely, um, I'm expecting Sunderland to be a very tough side to beat throughout the season. Um, I watched the game on Monday um, without Ross Stewart. I do look a little bit short up front and if he's not playing in games I think that could be a problem he could find it harder to score goals um, and not scoring goals in the championship is a huge problem um, I think if you've seen it with Millwall this season uh, not this season but in recent seasons we've missed out on the playoffs because we've not had that goal scorer but the stadium is a very tough place to go um, there's not going to be many teams I think that come away from there with a win um, I, you know, I'm, and I'm expecting it a very t- expecting it to be a very very tough place for most place uh, for most clubs to go. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to say exactly how you expect it to go, but I can't see something being in any types of trouble. Um, despite Alex Neal's strange departure, um, but they've replaced him with Tony Mowbray, which I think is a really good replacement. Um, he's got a good a good. A good level of experience at this club and or at this level, you know. So and he knows the northeast well. So no, I'm confident that Tony Mowbray will be a great replacement. Um, and in, you've seen with Blackburn in recent years, you know he he can lead a club in a club in and around those playoff places. So you know I'm expecting that's that's where Sutherland should be between the playoffs and you know that possible area you know, sort of between 7th and and maybe 14th is where I'm expecting Sunderland to be um, anywhere in that in that area it's a very tough tough league to predict exactly where you're going to finish but no I've got no concerns for Sunderland absolutely no concerns at all I'm expecting Saturday's going to be tough you know it's going to be a big crowd at the Stadium of Light, a very, very good home record. Mill will have a poor away record 
Uh, we've not won in any of our last 10 uh, in all competitions. Um, unfortunately, I do see that record extending. Um, but I don't think it'll be a defeat. Um, the Lions have actually only lost one of the last seven meetings between the sides, which I didn't realise until I saw this. They've been stretched over a staggering 19 years. Absolutely mad, isn't it? Uh, but I think it will be a draw. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, I know Mill have not had the easiest of starts away from home. They've had the top three in Sheffield United, Norwich, Burnley. Um, they lost all three, though. They did take a point at Swansea, but yeah, it's three very tough away games to start your season. Uh, and I don't think it's going to get any easier going to Sunderland. So I'm going to go for a one-all draw. And a song associated to Mill, other than Let Him Come, of course, is rocking all over the world. It blares out over the speakers at the Den when we win. Uh, it's blared out last last week um, when we beat Cardiff. And uh, status quo have a very happy uh, happy team in Millwall, I must say. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say preview show. Uh, Thanks to Alex Grace there for some excellent insight about Millwall. And he's at the game on Saturday and he's looking for... Sunderland fans for their reaction show. They have a reaction show as well, do they? Ooh. So if you want to be on that, you go on Twitter at that Millwall pod. Get in touch and you can talk to Alex about Millwall against Sunderland. Right, so let's talk about um, our game against Millwall on Saturday. Uh, Millwall are currently 14th in the league. Um, they've won three, drawn one and lost four. Four, they haven't won away from home yet. So, oh, good, there's that... a record we can break. Yeah, <laughs> if you want, if you, you know, come on down to Sunderland, lads. If you want to, uh, if you want to pick up a tasty three points. Um, also the return of uh, George Honeyman. Um, oh, yeah, so that's nice, Chris, isn't it? Yeah, I, I like Honeyman, 
I think. Yeah. So, you know, who who knew that selling you your manager's captain from under him three days before the season would not be good prep for mm, that season? But- but for we, not we can't, we, we can't go back into Donald and Meta and Chris. Oh, we've, we've already. Uh, well, well, I think I think I can hear me tea, so I'm off. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, I did. I did like George anyway. I think he's probably at his level now, like mid to lower <laughs> championship. He would um, be a good signing for us. He would, right? yeah, would, be, yeah, if you want to be a mid-table good championship player, like if he wasn't well, George actually, You know what? You know what? I see would be a good sign, but would he? Because I feel like we we're well stocked in that department, that yeah, kind of that's true. attacking midfielder department. I think. Sorry, what but, we do is yeah. we sign him and play him at left back. Yes, that's correct. That's, yes, that's what that's what there we should do. We should Millwall of Millwall of course, Millwall is home, of course. The the scene of Robin Reuter's worst hour. Oh yeah, the yeah. Uh, the. The game where the, the each goalkeeper threw in two goals. So match fixing, <laughs> great match fixing. Uh, they also have a uh, a lad called Callum Styles, a Hungarian centre midfielder from Berlin, who, Yeah, from Barnsley. We were linked with him, weren't we? He was born in Bury. Yeah, Thank bro. you very much, uh, James. Jim. Yes, James. That's how he played for Barnsley. Mil- oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, Millwall at that game was actually the last game. I saw at the stadium of light with my wife. And I think because I was that annoyed by the result that day, <laughs> she's never been back with me. So I'd like to I'd like to thank Robin Reuter for that. It could have could have could have been much easier to go to go to the game all day on the on the beers if it wasn't for him being absolutely useless. Cheers, Robin. Oh well. Well, wherever is he where he is now. <laughs> um right, so a nice man. A apparently. nice a nice man mm. that broke his finger on I believe, I believe, uh, I believe, I believe Matt, met, Matt and Rory met him in Trafalgar Square, didn't they? Oh yeah, they did. God, just when he thought I couldn't get any worse. <laughs> Would you like a min? Would you like to sign his address? For? <laughs> right, he'd Sorry, be too Mike. nice to say no as well. Be, he's going to be funny when he gets that. Um, right then, what do we reckon the team's going to be? Because um, are we going to play four four two? Going to be three five two? Is one of these new lads actually going to play a game? What do we think, Chris? Good question. Um, I, I don't know. I should have thought about this before we came on. Um, yeah, I've I, only just thought I of feel, it now, to be fair. I'll be honest, like, I feel like the because of the injury situation and like the natural thing would be to go for at the back. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like just with the gaps in the squad, I'm I'm really not sure we can. Like we we don't have a left back. Um we our like I said, Danny Bart. Is he going to be good enough in a two? I don't know. Um, I mean, look, I, I don't Millwall are 14th, but um, they're not actually playing particularly well. So I don't, I don't think it's the hardest game we're going to have this season. Do you uh, want to do your stat just... now? Yeah, well, they're <laughs> bottom of the XG table, which is obviously uh, means we're going to win. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we probably should stick with three at the back. But I would. Yeah. With Bailey Wright coming in, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I assume he would. I would have at the start of the season I would have thought Alessia would, but it appears that um he has been deemed not ready by both managers we've had this season. Yeah. Um so maybe Another that's our new thing. Barely played any football before we signed him. Yeah. But maybe that's our new thing, just Buying central defenders from West Ham that aren't good enough. 
Because we've done a two I mean, I, mean, I think the thing with the lesson is nobody knows he's good enough because he's yeah, been playing only yeah. Newcastle football. Yeah, um, yeah. So it yeah, might like, be, but do we really want to find out against Millwall? <laughs> Probably well, not. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think I think I think we, we've obviously we've covered in depth like throwing kids in at the deep end, but I, I think it's especially hard to do that when the central defenders. Um, I think um, Mr. Clark Salter showed us that the last time in this <laughs> league. <Legend. laughs> um, um, yes, I mean, yeah, I think it will be Bailey Wright will probably come in. Um, I'm interested to see what we do up front. I know what you, you said earlier, Jim, like obviously we could go with one up top. Um, I suspect we, we possibly will with maybe Roberts just off Simmons again. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a really weird situation where I do generally feel like the first 11 looks capable and then, but if there's so little depth behind yeah. it. Um, but we are, we've talked about them getting needing games and stuff. Well, they're going to get them because it's a 46 yeah. game season. We've already got, which, which, we've already got three again, injuries. When people were saying that, oh, what strike would want to come and sit on the bench? Why would, why would that happen? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, a, a clearly dumb argument. Games, like, because I uh, just want to address that as well. It's like, uh, for, for anybody who's, who sort of thought that, can you please just check how many strikers all of the other teams have <laughs> in the league? Because it's definitely yeah. more. Than just the ones they start each game with. Yeah, and also don't both strikers don't play every single game and every single minute of every single game. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm not sure. I think maybe I would like to see like Ahmad given a go up front just to see what op- what yeah. like, kind of um, different options he brings. Um, I really would like to see some of these new lads on the bench just so just so for me. Just to put my mind at ease that these lads are actually going to play at some point. And they're actually like, going to wear like footy tops and jeans all the time. Because I kind of think like they could, that could be just like a random four lads like you yeah. just got on the pitch for any match. Yeah. You know, so it would be nice to see that they are really, really footballers. But... Well, I, I would have, I would have thought we'll see Mishu sooner yeah. rather than later because because we signed him on loan. Um, and it wouldn't make yeah. much sense to sign him on loan and have him barely play. A bit so I think, like uh, Freddie Alve- uh, Alves last season. <laughs> yes, well, um, but yeah, no, but it would, well, well, that's the thing. Unless he's not, he's, unless he's deemed not good enough, you'd expect him to play. But, uh, the also, other two, if you, if you look at the position he plays, could, could well work given the situation we're in now, where we don't yeah. have many strikers, but he is an attacking midfielder, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I think um, the other two, Bennett and um, Barr, I would be fairly surprised if we see much of them. Certainly in the start, in the, even in these early stages when we're a bit depleted, I, I would be quite surprised. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a weird one because it's like usually we. <laughs> I talked about binary choices earlier, and usually with someone we can either be. If we usually lean one way, and it's usually all terrible. I, I don't think it is all. T- I don't think it is all terrible at all. But I think um, it's certainly not all rosy. And I, I think, I think the manager's got a pretty big job on his hands. I mean, I said at the start of the season, I thought without if we didn't have Alex Neil, and I am not claiming to have known anything about what was about <laughs> to happen. Um, I said you if we did, didn't have didn't Alex, you? you knew. You knew exactly <laughs> Yes, Jim, this one's my fault too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but I thought, truthfully, I thought we'd struggle. Um, 
we were only then okay we're only eight games in the team have been better than I expected them to be but I I still think survive certainly now I think survival is is progress um I think it's it's a little bit disappointing in a way because you look yeah. at the league and you think you know what if we could have been a bit of a yeah we could have we could have made a go of it I feel like we could have made a go of it and they've said they're making a go of it so you know the proof will be in the pudding yeah um but I yeah think, I think it's gonna be a tough I think it's gonna be a tough for me on Saturday for me on Saturday I have visions of like Chris I probably would keep 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 the feet at the back um just for if nothing else we don't actually have any pullbacks tell me but about also, your vision my, me about my, your my vision. Vi- you know like you know like where, um the gold borough scores that kind of like where it was scored you know he was running beyond the striker that's not vision that's just remembering things no no no, 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 no. <laughs> I, like, we, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing we need to do is use use sims as like a pivot up front and people can move off him and go past him so like a diallo or a roberts or somebody like that a mishu possibly so basically we're going to have because it's a bit right millwall if you look at their away record is it's pretty poor so presumably that would mean that they're not going to be the most adventurous team in the world um, so we're going to need to try and, and, and use a bit of guile. We know pumping balls in the box for Ella Sims to win is not going to work. When we did that on Monday, it didn't work. It's not mm-hmm. going to work against Millwall either. We need what I think will will possibly work more is is, is kind of really just press and, and try to get as many bodies around Sims as we can because we will have territory, we'll have more possession. Mm-hmm. So make the most of it. I don't see the point in in particularly going for at the back. Unless, unless he's got a really, really strong faith that, that we can play a back four when we don't have any full backs other than mm. Try Hume. Who, yeah. Nothing against Try Hume other than the fact that, again, oh, yeah, that guy. he hasn't played really well, any football see, apart from... Although, to I be fair, he actually he's looked all right when he had I was going to say recently. I was um, going to say, I, I, I found that know. one... Yeah. I found that one well, perplexing. Yeah. It, it, I don't know... Maybe he could play right back, but then where does Gooch play? And Gooch has been one of our better players this this season. So well, I guess it. only time will tell. Um, right, we've got a few questions, and then we've got to go on predictions. But first, uh, Matthew has actually sent something in, so we're going to have to. Well, listen to this. Matthew, well, I'm not listening to this. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's said, but he sent us in something. Not going to find out, to be honest. <laughs> something from live from uh, Newcastle Airport. So let's find out what he's what he said. Hello, it's Matt here. Um, I'm actually in the airport. Uh, and obviously I'm not on this podcast this week. Well, I am, but I'm not. Um, but I'm just... It's like being on a phone-in, really. I'm just sort of dialing in to give uh, Tom my predictions for his loser spreadsheet for the next two games. So I am I am going to do the reaction pod while I'm on holiday next week after the Reading game, because it'll be midnight, and I think that's going to be quite funny. Um, but I'm not going to do it after... The Watford game on Saturday. We're not playing Watford on Saturday. I'm not going to do it after the Millwall game on Saturday um, because I can't be bothered. Um, obviously, it was at Middlesbrough the other night. We did the reaction pod to that one. I'm sure that Tom, Jim, and Chris Weatherspoon, is it? Remember his name. Um, thank you. 
Uh, I think it's Weatherspoon. I'm sure they're discussing all things about the Middlesbrough game and looking forward to some graphs about Millwall. Um, I think that we... I've just seen also the news that Ross Stewart is out for 12 weeks and so is Dennis Sergin. So I was going to predict us to beat Millwall um, comfortably based on our performances at home recently, but I... I'll revise that to a narrow victory. I think we'll win 2-1, having fallen behind uh, to a strike from George Honeyman, uh, Millwall's George Honeyman. And then we will equalise with a header from, I presume Bailey Wright will have to play, so him. And then Ellis Sims will score the winner in added time. Um, now, I'm going to be back after the Reading game, but to preview, to predict that one, I don't think we'll beat Reading because for some reason they seem to have started the season quite well. Um, although they did get mullered off someone, I can't remember who it was. I don't think we'll be doing that. I don't think we'll lose though, I think we'll go there and I think we will draw 1 1 uh, with a goal from. Patrick Roberts because I like him that's it really I think if you you all follow me on Twitter I imagine or you all have me blocked on Twitter I imagine um, I'm going to be very annoying while I'm on holiday um, as I normally am uh, and yeah if anyone has any recommendations for bars that I can watch Sunderland lose to uh, Watford in or beat Millwall or draw with Reading in Paphos then yeah let me know tweet me text Gareth Barker actually on 07 no I won't do that again uh, right um, thanks for having me on your podcast Tom um, and thanks for keeping me seat warm bye <laughs>for that matt always inspiring stuff um, terrible <laughs> that was the words of chris weatherspoon not me. um <laughs> right we've got we're some questions we've got a couple obviously you know question of the week wins prize and this week's prize is a signed graph by chris weatherspoon <laughs> so if you um we can always like cut out the middleman and put that straight in the bin but, um, harsh uncalled for yes okay um liam at ld hallstar asks can the six wingers in the squad make up for one ross stewart no no uh jim yeah, I th- uh no <laughs> okay, <laughs> not good. not not in any not in any way that would be uh any better than ross so no basically no i, I don't see how that works um, Neil Macbeth asks, "Is the prize an okay down diner voucher?" Um, unfortunately, it's not. It's a signed graph by uh, Chris Weatherspoon. Which um, have either of you actually been to the okay diner? I feel I have to now do this some like Matt stuff while uh, just to keep mm. this going. Have you ever I, been to the okay diner? I don't, I don't think I have, but I've always drove. Past, I always drive past it very slowly, as if to say, <laughs> I don't maybe, like to go in there. maybe that looks like a little chef, but not quite as bad." Yeah, I actually have been in it on the many trips to this 
uh, to Sunderland I did from is, the northwest. Is it um, appropriately named? Um, <laughs> it is. I think I went to it when it was like pre OK Diner, but I did have a. a what was, was, was it then? Good Diner. <laughs> <laughs> I had. Uh, I had a Coke float for the only time in my oh, entire yes. life. I've never I had one. I don't oh, know what that is. Ice cream float. It's, it's, it's ice cream with soda, like fizzy pop pun on it. It was like, <laughs> yeah, a glass of Coke with a blob of ice cream in the top. Yeah. I have no idea why I had that. But that's, that's uh, not that's not a menu option. That's an accident. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this I've I've no idea. I've never had it since, so it mustn't have been that okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig McCaskill at, <laughs> at Glasses Craig. Great, great username. <laughs> As we only have one striker left, is it time for a Dodds and Proctor partnership on the pitch? Uh, what do we reckon? Uh, um, yeah. Michael Proctor has scored goals for, yeah. for multiple teams <laughs> while playing for Sunderland. And Dodds is, as we know, a safe pair of hands as well. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. Could, that could, you know, I'd trust him to, to play simple passes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, why not? Yeah, um, I would go, yeah, I would 100% buy that. I don't know what position Mike Dodds plays or played. Do we know? Wherever the gaffer tells him to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes, good, good, answer. good answer. Um, actually, yeah, Craig McCaskill, that is, um, I'll take that. That's question of the week. And you are now the proud owner of a um, Chris Weatherspoon signed graph. Would you like, you'd have to let us know if you want it either sent by post or via PDF. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not paying for the post. John. <laughs> you have to pay your own post. To get this. <laughs> It's up to you, Craig. Whatever yeah. you choose, but you've only got one option. Don't say we never treat you. Um, right then, predictions. Oh, hang uh, on. So that one, wait, that one question of the week, yeah. because we had no more questions. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I like this system. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, like right. our striking options, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it t- everything ties in. It's all yeah. big, all God's plan. Um, right. I'm going to ask predictions for both this Millwall home game and the Reading away game, just because to put it in the loser prediction league, which now I am uh, level on points with the guests, leaving Matt in my dust, who's uh, on four points and I'm on five points. Um, (laughs) How does the point system work again? Can you remind us? Uh, One point for a correct result, three points for a correct score. There's only been one right. correct score so far this season, and that was David Priest. Uh, it's 1-0 against Stoke. So, right. uh, okay. yeah, David Priest to beat. Uh, Chris, what are we saying? Um, in an ode to Mr. Reuter, I'm going to say 2-2 two, two at the weekend. 2-2. Two, two. Jim? Ooh. 2-0. <laughs> that's, not, predict- that's not like you, Jim. <laughs> he was going to predict anything else. <laughs> Uh, I will I will give it the old uh, good bet three one to Sunderland, and uh, obviously I'm not going to talk much about Reading, but they're doing better than I thought they'd do. So what do we think for Reading away? Um, just talking complete rubbish, but despite the fact that because they're probably a lot better than Millwall, but I I don't think they're as good as they've started. I think we might nick something. I'm going to say a one nil away win. Ooh, okay, Jim. I'll, I'll match Chris on that. Of course you right. <laughs> No, because uh, Reading are uh, doing much better than they should do. And 
I don't think we'll keep it going because let, let's face it, the manager's pulled in and he's, he's terrible. I, mean, I, I, so. I keep forgetting yeah. that. He's <laughs> always had that, I always remember him from that like picture where it just had a drawing of the goal on it and the ball yeah. going into the goal. Well, there was a, there's a post-match <laughs> interview did this season where they, uh, he basically just praised his son, Tommins, the entire interview. Didn't talk about oh, he's Tommins there. there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Amaz- like, amazing. They asked him about, he was a winner. He was like, well, I thought Tommins was, Thomas was fantastic. He was uh, Tommins plays for them. Okay, I'm I'm gonna to have to revise my prediction All to right. two Sunderland. <laughs> oh right, okay, okay. <laughs> well, there you are. Uh, I'll go for a one-one draw because I don't know. Yeah, one-one draw, and that's where we'll leave it for today. Uh, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Chris. Um, Thank they will be. I'm not sure if there'll be a reaction pod on. Saturday, yeah, maybe go do the Millwall. Yeah, do the Millwall pod. I think, like, me, I think me, and Mickey, me, and Mickey, me and Mickey are going to do our best Martin impression. Well, <laughs> right, okay. Well, there you are, and then the dads will be back on Monday. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.